Well, good morning, North Point family. Roxanne and I are delighted to be with you this morning and to be given this time to introduce ourselves to you. It would have been so much better for us to meet you in person, but as you know, that's just not possible, at least for now. Since we are new to many of you, we thought it would be best to share some of our journey with you so that you can get to know us better. So we'll start with giving you a little bit of our um, history or, yeah, our history as a family. Mm. Tim and I have been married for 42 years. Happy years. Happy years. Wonderful years. Yes. <laughs> 42 years, coming up in August. We have two uh, adult children. Jason, who calls himself Jay, lives in Bonass in Calgary. And our daughter, Tanya, lives in Okotoks with our two granddaughters, Mina, who is 10, and Isla, who is 7 years old. And we love being mm. grandparents. We sure do. If we would have known that grandparenting was so much fun, we would have had them first. <laughs> well, I think it's important to take some time this morning just to let you know a bit about our ministry background. We've pastored for five years in Outlook, Saskatchewan at the Outlook Alliance Church from 1986 to 1991. And then we transitioned from Outlook to Okotoks, Alberta, where we pastored for 19 years at the Okotoks Alliance Church from 1991 to 2010. It was following General Assembly in Turkey 2010 that Roxanne and I felt led to pursue ministry overseas. It wasn't because we were having issues at the local church. Uh, the Okotoks Alliance Church was a wonderful church family, still is a wonderful church family, but we just felt that dad in this season of our life was leading us into a, a whole new season of ministry unlike we had ever experienced before. We originally thought that we would be serving in the United Arab Emirates, but the Lord closed the door to that region and he opened the door to North Africa in 2012, where we served as team leaders for six years from 2012 to 2018. Upon returning back to Canada in 2018, we spent one full year traveling from British Columbia to Quebec, sharing about our ministry overseas. And that was a, a wonderful time for us. We, we were so blessed meeting uh, these church families and having that opportunity to engage with them on a level that we were very passionate about. The reason we returned from North Africa was so that we could be with our children and our granddaughters. We felt that it was important for us to be close to our family so that we could have a, a godly influence in their lives and something that we can talk more about at a later time. Although I, I, I should mention that shortly after we returned from North Africa, I think it was maybe three or four weeks Excuse me. 
I was walking alone with our oldest granddaughter. Uh, I told Mina that we would only be, be, be back in Canada for a year and then we would return to North Africa. And uh, Mina stopped suddenly. And looking up at me, she pointed her finger and said, Papa, you are supposed to live here and visit there. You are not supposed to live there and visit here. Well, I knew things were a little tense, so, and I tried to make light of it by saying to Mina, uh, don't point your finger at me like that. And she didn't fall for it. Again, she pointed her finger at me and said, Papa, meaning she was serious. So we <clears throat> finished our home assignment in June of 2019. And uh, then you, you might be wondering what we've been doing since June mm. last year until now. Well, I have um, gotten a part-time job working as an office assistant for a pediatrician's office here in Okotoks. And, uh, since, but then, of course, since the middle of March, I have been laid off because of the COVID-19 outbreak. And apart from speaking from time to time, Tim has been working alongside our son, Jason, who has a drywall uh, company called Cardinal Interiors. And this is giving Tim and Jason much time to be together. And that is one of the goals mm. that we had when we came back from North Africa to spend more time with our children and have uh, more influence in their lives. There's been many changes in our lives over the past number of years. <clears throat> some small, some in like a, a lot more dramatic, such as was the case with our move to North Africa and then again moving back to Canada. And some may think that our move back to Canada wouldn't be as dramatic, but it really was because our hearts were still very much in North Africa. But as Roxanne said, we really felt that Dad was leading us uh, back to Canada to be with our family. Like, uh, we just had such a burden on our heart for our children and our granddaughters. How many of us know what it's like to choose to do something for Dad, Father God, only to find yourself wishing you would have decided differently? I remember when Roxanne and I first landed in North Africa, we had already told the Global Ministries that we would accept the position to help establish a team of young families in that part of the world who would befriend and have spiritual conversations with the locals. Well, it was around 2 a.m. the following morning of our arrival after a long day and a lengthy discussion alone with Roxanne, that I found myself kneeling by our bedside praying. And I have to confess, I wasn't praising God. I wasn't giving him thanks. I was actually crying out to Dad. And I was saying, Dad, if you can get us out of here, with any level of integrity, oh, Dad, I would be extremely grateful. 
Well, Dad did not take us out of North Africa, but he did give us a growing confidence in him to believe that this was exactly where he wanted us to be, even as difficult and as uncomfortable as mm. it was. Our experience of feeling uncomfortable and out of place uh, <clears throat> may be somewhat similar to something that you're, you struggle with now mm. with this new norm that we, that as a result of uh, COVID-19, or maybe there's an uncomfortable feeling because we are in this time of transition as a church family. Or there could be some other reason that you're feeling uncomfortable or um, or just not, uh, not at ease. Mm. And uh, it may be something that I haven't mentioned, but that feeling of uneasiness is in your spirit. Mm. As we take our Bibles and we turn to 2 Corinthians 12, and I encourage you, if you have your Bibles with you, to turn there, we discovered that Dad, Father God, wants to use the uncomfortable, that Dad wants to use the undesirable, that, that Dad has plans for the unpleasant, as difficult as it may be, be for us to accept or to even imagine the very situations and circumstances we face are not not to make our life difficult. No, no, Dad has greater plans than that in mind. It's so that he may be able to reveal himself to us and to a world that he deeply loves and so desperately needs to know him. So allow me to read, starting at verse 8. And we'll read from verse 8 to verse 10. Then the chapter again. And it's 2 uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, 2 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 8. Let me see if I can get my bifocals to adjust here. Yes, three times. And this is the Apostle Paul saying this. Three times. I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Three times. And I can only imagine that Paul probably came before that a number of times, additional times, but three times is recorded by Paul saying that he come to God complaining about his weakness. How many of us can relate? How many times have we gone to God saying, I can't do this? Especially as we think about huh, reaching out to our family, reaching out to our friends, our neighbors, who are struggling because of the unwelcome changes we face in this season of life, whether it be, as Roxanne said, because of uh, COVID-19, or even the challenges we face uh, as we go through this transitional time as a church family. Um, 
Or maybe on a more personal level, maybe we find ourselves saying, if only I was smarter, if only I was more outgoing, if only I was like so-and-so. I remember walking the streets of North Africa, talking to dad about my shortcomings. Well, actually complaining to him about my shortcomings. And I was telling him how I wish he had made me smarter. Oh, man, I could do so much more for him if I was just smarter, more capable in learning the Arabic language. As I thought about how quickly our team was picking up the language and my wife, Roxanne, that put lots of pressure on me because I wasn't picking up on it very, very well. Well, how does God respond to our weakness, whatever our weaknesses might be? We read in verse 9, God saying um, through the Apostle Paul, or to the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient mm. for you, mm. for my power <clears throat> is made perfect in weakness. Mm. Father God is telling us that our weakness, the very thing, that um, the the very thing that makes us uh, gives us a sense of in, of insecurity, the the weaknesses that we have, are to be seen as a strength. <clears throat> um, sorry, it's the environment that Dad works best with is when we admit yeah. our weaknesses. And this seems rather foolish in our day because we tend to place greater value on our strengths mm. than on our weaknesses. Mm. And yet God tells us through the Apostle Paul that he has chosen mm. to use our weakness. So this is the question. What do you see as, your, as a weakness in your life? And are you allowing God to use your weakness or your place of weaknesses? Listen, please. God is telling us in verse 9 that when we are willing to admit our weaknesses and accept our weaknesses rather than deny or complain about our weaknesses and maybe even share our weaknesses authentically with trusted friends, incredible things can happen. Now, the exact opposite can take place when we choose to focus on our weaknesses and our hardships. Both Roxanne and I have discovered somebody else shows up. When we begin to make our weakness and our hardships to focus, and you might very well guess who that is, and that's Satan. Satan loves to take advantage uh, of those moments in our life when we just feel, oh, I can't do this. This is more than what I bargained for. I can't handle this. Uh, Satan uses these times to discourage us, planting seeds of doubt that pressures us to give up. This was no less true for the Apostle Paul it's been no less true for us, for me personally. Um, for many years, I've struggled with feeling inadequate, largely because as a child, I was told time and again, and even by a teacher, and I remember specifically her saying, you're stupid. 
And you know, isn't that interesting? Here, I just turned 64. That still plays in the back of my mind. <clears throat> I have struggled with feelings of inadequacy. And this became more and more obvious to me when living in North Africa. I actually felt like a little child trying to learn a whole new language. I felt like I was back in that classroom and that teacher speaking to me and saying, you're stupid. Well, it wasn't the teacher, it was Satan. Yeah, he takes advantage of these moments. And here I am, trying to learn this language, trying to adapt a new, to a new culture, and uh, Satan is there uh, doing his very best to discourage me to give up. Well, rather than give up, I decided to do something other than, and that was to spend more time alone with Dad. And the outcome? Wow. It's been a growing passion for Dad, for Father God, and a growing passion for the locals that I know I would not otherwise have. And so my weakness actually became my strength. It became my strength because I was leaning into Dad. We're not sure how long it took for Paul to learn the importance of accepting his weakness, which kept him dependent upon God, which kept him leaning into that. But we know that Paul actually did come to a place where he not only accepted his weakness as being a strength, but Paul actually came to a place in his life where he had, where he valued his weakness as he leaned into a deeper and trusting relationship with Dad. Choosing to trust Father God with our weaknesses, it's not easy. It's not easy. Brennan Manning wrote a book called Ruthless Trust, in which he writes, <clears throat> Unwavering trust is a rare and precious thing because it often demands a degree of courage that borders on the heroic. Now, honey, you have said time and again, and actually just recently, even to our, our granddaughters, uh, a, a, a good understanding of what courage is. And, and does courage mean you don't have any fear? No, often, well, I know for, for a fact that courage is not a lack of fear, mm. but courage is is having that spirit of fear still within, but stepping beyond your fear, facing the fear, mm. and moving into what you know you need to do. Yeah, and that is what you call courage is is facing the fear and stepping in anyway. Well, Roxanne and I invite you. North Point family, to courageously trust that with your weakness and with your hardships. We're encouraging you to admit your weaknesses and frustrations to God. Father God wants you to give him opportunity to reveal his love, his profound love 
and a deeper measure of that love along with his perspective in greater measure while empowering you. And this is what's so incredibly profound is that as you begin to experience in greater measure his profound love and, and his perspective, he gives you the same love and perspective so that you can respond to the family, friends, and neighbors around you. As we come to you as your transitional pastor, who we come leaning into our weaknesses. We come not having it all together, but as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. North Point family, I don't have any wise and persuasive words. But one thing I do desire for more than anything is what Paul says, but to be a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. The living God himself, the triune God, the Father God, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray for all of us this morning. And so I invite you to join me. However comfortable you might, uh, or I should say uncomfortable you might be as we uh, pray online in this way. So would you pray with me? Dad, <clears throat> thank you for the opportunity, Roxanne, and I have to be able to uh, come together with North Point family. Oh, it would be so much better, Dad, if we could see them uh, in person, if we could be in front of them, face-to-face, -face, talking with them. But, Father, here we are in this season that we find ourselves in, somewhat distant, and yet, Dad, in a profound way, in a miraculous way, and I use that carefully, that term, um, together, united, bonded together because of you. Because of you. And so uh, Roxanne and I would pray for our North Point family today for an infusion of power um, so that, Father God, they would experience freedom, uh, freedom from condemnation, uh, freedom from uh, feelings of failure as uh, this season of life uh, surfaces all kinds of feelings of inadequacies, insecurities, frustrations, all that come through the presence of your Holy Spirit, all made possible through the work of Jesus Christ, giving North Point family, all that she needs now to rise above these feelings of inadequacy, to discover your arms wrapped around them and the breath of your spirit being breathed into each one of them, your profound love that transforms the heart from a place of feeling 
empty and alone to one that is overjoyed, filled with fullness, which is, is what I was reading this morning in my personal quiet time out of John chapter 17. Oh, Jesus, how you long for us to experience the fullness of your joy that overcomes all challenges, all situations, all circumstances that would seek to, to bring us down and to discourage us. I pray the fullness of joy into North Point family today and for those uh, outside of North Point family that uh, may be taking in this uh, uh, message this morning. It's a message of, of that comes from you, Dad. It's your word to us and you invite all of us to embrace that. Well, I tend to get a little bit verbose when I'm talking with you, Dad, so I better stop right now and uh, just commit ourselves, North Point, to you. So grateful that Kim Beadle was with us this morning as well and uh, Spencer and so thankful for the way that we are all uh, working together for the one common cause, which is to see your kingdom come and your will to be done on earth right now as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.